It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome to this Thursday show, episode 373. Yesterday, an impromptu sick day. Sage Rosenfels ill, which threw off some of the plans. And you'll have to accept our sincerest apologies for that. I hope everybody had a good Wednesday. Maybe watching some Olympics. Is there like a statute of limitations on Olympic spoilers? Because... The delay is so troublesome with the PyeongChang Olympics that, you know, I I try to watch a lot of this stuff live at night, the stuff even after your late local news from 11 to 1 a.m., just so I'm sort of up to speed, because that's when a lot of the good stuff happens. And then in the morning, they've got a whole, there's a whole bunch of stuff that happened while you were sleeping. So I jump on the app and I I catch up on those on-demand broadcasts, but I realize too that a lot of people wait to watch those on delay during NBC daytime. So do you see where my predicament is? I know stuff that hasn't been televised in the U.S. yet, but I've watched it already. And I hate spoilers. I hate giving away spoilers. So I think it's fair to say that uh, Michaela Schifrin gets the gold last night. That was on live television, NBC primetime. I think I'm allowed to talk about that. Schifrin wins gold. U.S.-Canada hockey, though, in women's hockey... Just a marvelous game. Outstanding hockey. And it it totally sets up brilliantly for the gold medal game where I'm calling a United States victory. The the U.S. just looked better in the game. I don't know how many pucks were bouncing around in the crease and in front of the goaltender last night that just somehow didn't get punched home. Really good Canadian goaltender. Quite a bit of local Gophers talent on that U.S. team. Really fun to watch last night, and if they meet in the gold medal game, that's going to be the spectacle of the Olympics. And not to make this locked on Olympics, but I feel like I get more into the women's hockey side of it, and even when there there were NHL players involved, I think there's just something unique that a lot of the athletes on the women's team are sort of playing for this moment every four years, whereas NHL players would compete in this, and there were some great, great moments. Like, the 2010 gold medal game was outstanding. But they lose that game, and then they go back to their teams, and then they start refocusing on probably their greater goal, which is winning a Stanley Cup. They've got that fallback, whereas women's hockey doesn't necessarily get the limelight aside from the Olympics, and and it's great hockey. It should get more of a limelight. But this is sort of the precipice, and... To have them come so close on so many occasions on the U.S. side of things, I can't imagine the unfinished business that they've felt since the last Olympics when they blew that late third-period lead and lost in overtime to Canada. There are some great storylines there. And it and again, the men's team now has changed to where they've gone back, they've gone away from the NHL. They lost to Slovenia in overtime in their first-round game. So on one hand, fewer names that you recognize – not quite as good a hockey, but on the other hand, it gives you the chance to maybe have another Miracle on Ice type event. Not nearly to the extent of 1980, but you know you can 
but you can come out of nowhere and some of these kids can turn into household names if they if they scored some big goals, got some big wins on this stage. And apparently Russia got upset too. So it might be anybody's tournament in the Olympic men's hockey mix. Today in Vikings talk or NFL talk, I thought I would evaluate the seven new coaches and who inherits the best situation. Quickly, the the new coaches are Frank Reich, Indianapolis Colts, Matt Nagy, Chicago Bears, John Gruden, Oakland Raiders, Pat Shermer, New York Giants, Matt Patricia, Detroit Lions, Mike Vrabel, Tennessee Titans, and Steve Wilkes of the Arizona Cardinals. So the first thing I look to is the quarterbacks. Reich has luck, but again, luck might have some chronic health issues, so there's an asterisk there with Reich. Gruden gets Derek Carr. That's huge. Pat Shermer gets Eli Manning. Matt Patricia gets Matt Stafford. Mike Vrabel gets Marcus Mariota. And Steve Wilkes doesn't know. You know, so of those seven, Carr, Manning, Stafford, Luck when healthy, you might have four of the top 15 quarterbacks, maybe. Mariota, I think, still has the capability to get there. So you've got like four or five coaches that are inheriting pretty favorable quarterback situations. Now, in Shermer's case, they're ready to turn that page. Manning is not going to last forever. But with Gruden and with Patricia, you've got healthy quarterbacks on teams that are not far removed from success. The Raiders had an outstanding defense two years ago. Derek Carr is still Derek Carr. And last year was goofy with with the Oakland moving to Vegas steam. The Marshawn Lynch reunion didn't work out quite the way it was supposed to. And Mike Tice, their offensive line coach, I'm not sure, uh, got along great with that staff slash roster. So Oakland had a lot of dysfunction, but they bring in kind of a galvanizer, John Gruden. They've still got pieces on that defense. They've still got Derek Carr. I think Oakland's an awfully intriguing team. And I feel like that division might be right for the taking. I don't know on Denver. They don't have a quarterback yet. Kansas City's switching quarterbacks. The Raiders might be one of the most ideal situations. I think followed closely by Matt Patricia with the Detroit Lions. Two years off a playoff berth. And winning nine games a year ago, the Detroit Lions are not bad. And a lot of people scoffed at their firing of Jim Caldwell. But clearly, in an effort to upgrade and upgrade that defense, primarily, they bring in a defensive-minded coach in Matt Patricia. If they can figure out defense and a running game, that would be a scary team. Stafford, Tate, Jones, love that offense. Need a bell cow running back need to improve the defense and the defense is very opportunistic like this is the defense is not at a complete loss they just need to refine it they've lost some tenacity since losing in Dominican Sioux that 2014 Lions team that made the playoffs that was a good defense the team that nearly beat Dallas in the postseason if not for a bad call I think Patricia and Gruden have it pretty good after that I think it's Mike Vrabel I think the Titans have a roster that is capable of winning a lot of games. They won a playoff game last year, and their offense was not very good. Granted, their division wasn't as nearly as good as it it should have been. The Colts flopped. The Texans lost their quarterback. But I think what you're seeing is the demand for 
immediate success in the NFL with Titans win a playoff game, not good enough to save your coach's job. With the Lions, you win nine, not good enough. Jack Del Rio, one year off a 12-4 a and four season, gone the next. So what that does, though, is it it's not like any of these coaches are really inheriting a complete and total system failure. There's reason to believe that some of these teams could bounce back. And, you know, I'll, I'll give the Titans job just a little edge over the Giants job. I think they're a little more functional. They have their quarterback figured out. But the Giants, again, first year under McAdoo, they were a playoff team. And last year, decimated by injuries. Just absolutely crushed by injuries. You're going to get back the best offensive weapon, arguably, in the NFL in Odell Beckham Jr. And maybe you're invigorated by the new head coach, Pat Shermer. So maybe he brings a certain level of stability to that organization, which I don't think McAdoo really promoted very well. I felt like things got a tad out of control under his watch, maybe because he didn't have the entire respect of that team. Pat Shermer is not really a humorous guy, but he's a level-headed person, and he will earn, I think, the Giants' respect, and there's really nowhere to go but up for New York. So I think that's a decently favorable coaching position. Next is probably Frank Reich, because he's got luck in the wings, hopefully going to be healthy. You've got two-thirds of the triangle. You've got the coach now, long-term deal, quarterback, franchise guy, and if only they had some more stable ownership. But we saw what luck could do the year after they picked him. Number one overall pick, total mess of a team. They made the playoffs that year. They were a good team with luck virtually carrying them on his shoulders to the postseason. And that was with a totally rebuilt roster. So that is a guy, and and we've talked about this before, there's only a handful of guys in the league that can win you games regardless of your roster. Regardless of your roster. Luck might be in that conversation. Tom Brady, for sure. Aaron Rodgers, yes. Ben Roethlisberger, yes. Russell Wilson, yes. But not many others. So even as they kind of undergo this rebuild in Indianapolis and get that defense squared away, Luck could still come back and win them a lot of games because he's Andrew Luck. Would they be a Super Bowl contender? Certainly not. But if the division, if Jacksonville like, took a step back, if that division stayed somewhat mediocre, which I don't, I don't see it really being, I think they're all going to be pretty decent, then the Colts could make some noise. So then you've got Matt Nagy with the Bears, and you've got Steve Wilkes with the Cardinals. I think the Bears' situation is better. And it's weird to put the Cardinals last, but you know at least the Bears are young, an intriguing defense, especially their front seven, and a quarterback of the future. Now, they have no offensive weapons in terms of a passing game. Running backs are great, though. So you have the foundation. You've got sort of the opposite of Matt Patricia You know, in, among the NFC North teams. They've got no passing game, but they have run game and they have defensive pieces lions are still looking to fill that void but but i think it beats out arizona arizona's got an aging roster they really didn't even deserve to win as many games as they did last year they they had a lot of tight battles with bad teams that they could have easily gone either way bruce arians retires so they go undergo a coaching change carson palmer retires they're undergoing a quarterback change And yeah, you see Larry Fitzgerald coming back for another year. Well, that's not a transformative decision for that team. They're going to need a lot more help. It'll help to have 
David Johnson for 16 games for sure. But sort of like the Seahawks in that division, some of the pieces defensively are not as youthful as they used to be. Not quite as exciting. And to swing this around into a Vikings perspective, look at what some of this league's great defenses have have done after reaching their, their peak. Seahawks win a Super Bowl, get to another, and they keep that core together, but inevitably, they age, they slow, they atrophy. Same with the Cardinals to some extent. And that aging process goes by in the blink of an eye. Just sort of the, the, the collective 10% loss for, for every player as they go from age 25 to age 28. That affects a defense. So it'll be fascinating to see how the Vikings handle that and whether they ride the same unit until they're worn out or do they make moves preemptively and try to get ahead of that aging curve. They're not obviously not there yet. Barr, Kendricks, Waynes, still in their first contract. They hope, I'm sure, to, to finish out these contracts with Rhodes, Smith, and Griffin. But three years from now, where will they be? That's going to be an old defense. It will be. And that's why the development of your youth, your young pieces, your Jaleel Johnson, your Daniil Hunters, and already he's a fourth-year player, you know? So again, my list. Gruden... Patricia, Vrabel with Tennessee, Shermer, number four, Reich, Nagy, Wilkes. The best situations that they are inheriting. Hopefully we get Sage Rosenfels back on the show, but again, I've, I've talked to a lot of people who've had this flu thing. It's bad. It's bad this year. Countrywide epidemic. I guess they didn't get the, the strain right when they came up with the flu shot. I may start walking around with a mask and gloves on because I haven't got it yet and I don't want to. So I'll keep trying to dodge that bullet. And if we don't have Sage tomorrow, we will hopefully have another guest here on Lockdown Vikings to close out the week. Thanks for listening. LockdownVikings.com, great place to find the show, a FanRag Sports affiliate. You can subscribe on iTunes as well. Follow me on Twitter at Sam Extra. Bye-bye.